Good evening, good evening. Good to have you all back here. Looks like we had a huge crowd this morning and everybody decided to take a nap this afternoon, but you're in. You're here, so we're glad to have you. Let's see what we have in the way of announcements. First of all, welcome if you're visiting today. We had a bunch of visitors this morning visiting today. Make sure you stop by the Welcome Center. If you're visiting online, please, sbtnd.org slash contact. Let us know that you're out there. That will be a blessing. Ice Cream Social is next Sunday, so after the morning service, uh, you'll go home, change clothes, do whatever, eat lunch, come back here, and uh, about 3 o'clock we'll start with festivities, that means games and things like that. If you'd like to sweat, if you'd like to just watch, you can sit and watch. You'll probably want to bring lawn chairs, things like that to sit in, because we have a limited number of chairs. You can take the white chairs out there, but they're not that comfortable, and they'll sink in the ground. So. Uh, you can decide which one to do there. But anyway, and then we have homemade ice cream. There's a there's a food truck that comes out. I can't remember the name of the food truck, but it's the same. Stomps? Chomps, that's it. Chomps. And they were there last year, so you'll enjoy them. Uh, you remember those. So anyway, that was a great, great opportunity. But you, have to, you have to pay for the food there, so just bring some money to feed, uh, feed it for supper. Otherwise, we'll have all the desserts that you can put uh, together. And uh, if you're going to sing, if you're going to play something, let us know. Just come ready. Uh, we'll put you on the list, and it's always a great time during, we, uh, during that praise time. Uh, canoe trip is coming up this Saturday, and uh, we're collecting for that, so make sure that you have your forms. You have to have a, a form signed. If you're a minor, it has to be signed by a parent. Uh, that's a waiver, and it's $20, and we go canoeing this Saturday. Leave here at 7 o'clock, get back here at 1. Always an exciting time. Looking forward to that. And our Missionaries of the Week are the Granadas. We talked to you about them this morning, about how that uh, Miss Becky is here in the States for a family reunion. Uh, her sister from China, her folks from France, her from Mauritius, all coming back to the States uh, to get reacquainted. So pray for her and traveling mercies for everybody and just uh, them to have a great time with that. And uh, we'll take up the offering in just a little bit. Let me uh, share with you a couple of things that we would like for you to pray about. One of them we really kind of wanted you to know, want to know from you. Uh, we have the deacons meeting this afternoon. We'd like, we'd like to suggest that we extend Pastor Andrew's pay to the end of August. He'll complete a week, the first week of August. We'd just like to tack on the last three weeks of August. Uh, been here 11 years trying to figure out how to do that. We're also going to put out a box next Sunday afternoon outside that people can drop in. Uh, you know, if you want to give an offering to him or gift cards or things like that, you can just drop it in the box and we'll make sure that he gets those things. But um, we're going to suggest that we do that, but we kind of have to know. And here's why, because we don't, have a, we don't have a church opportunity to vote next Sunday evening. We're, we're going to be outside and be kind of weird. How, how many of you think Pastor Andrew's standing there anyway? Uh, but anyway, so we're going to try to do that tonight at the close of the service. You can let us know and ask whatever questions you want to ask. And then we want to bring to you uh, another uh, thing that we would like you to pray about, and we'll come back in two weeks and ask for your uh, direction in this. But we would like to hire David Klingeman as an acting youth pastor. He's in his last year of his MDiv, uh, so that, that's a, a very high master's degree in ministry. Uh, he's in his last year of it, and we would like to buy up his work time. We're asking him if he would consider not working anywhere but here 
and kind of fill in on some of the things that Andrew uh, does that we have, Andrew's got a great youth staff together, and so teaching Sunday school and teaching Wednesday nights, we can pretty much cover if we needed to, uh, but we need people who will plan and run activities, who will help the small groups on Wednesdays to make sure that those things all get together, uh, to do the team takeover services. There'll be a couple of those within this next calendar year, uh, coming up or this next school year coming up, I guess I should say. Rekindle is a huge event. I need someone who's going to, Pastor Andrew usually does that, and it's already on the calendar. We've got Brent Gellis coming in, and he's going to uh, be our speaker. It's a, you know, we have other churches that are involved, but we, we just are going to need help in making sure that that runs well. Uh, so uh, those kinds of things. Uh, winter camp is something that the teenagers don't want to lose out on. That was I met with the teenagers Wednesday night during the church service, and one of the first things they said was, are we still going to have winter camp? And uh, so they love that. That's something we run, but uh, I would like to have somebody helping me out there and doing these things. Uh, so uh, parent resources, making them available, those kinds of things. Uh, in order for us to, to do that, we would like to put David on as a part-time uh, employee from now until the end of the school year in May. That allows us then, as we look to hire somebody, we don't have any, I know everybody's asking, we don't have anybody in the wings right now, okay, just so you know. This all came up on us pretty quick, and so here we are. Uh, but, um, you know, we, uh, we would like them to be, when we do bring that someone else on, then David's already there who's familiar with all the stuff, and he can kind of walk alongside them, because I can't on Sundays walk alongside them. I can't on Wednesdays walk alongside them. I could, but then that means somebody else has to do other stuff, right? So I mean, it just, and so uh, David's willing to do that. Uh, it's, it's going to be about $15,000 for us, so $340 a week, I think, is what it comes up to uh, for us to bring David on part-time. And, and I simply said this to him, David, I don't want you to have another job. I want you to go to school, and I want this to be your other job, right, so that we don't have three things to try to work around. And uh, he's willing, if you're willing, to let him. So uh, if you just think about it, pray about it. David's here tonight. Feel free to talk to him about it. It's awkward when you're sitting out here and people are talking about you. So go talk to him, right? And uh, you, don't have, you don't have to talk about it. And uh, but anyway, it's just uh, that's just the, the quick things that we would just that need to be done that you know that just happen and outside of Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, so uh, if we could just get some direction on that, we would really appreciate it. All right, let's have the men come. We're going to take up the evening offering. We had visitors. How many of you met somebody you didn't know this morning? Met somebody you didn't know this morning? I'm looking at five hands. We had four visitors. Six hands. Thank you. We had four visitors here this morning. And uh, so five, I guess, if you count the little one in the nursery. Uh, so, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing our job. So sitting right over where Brother Todd is right now uh, was David and Jennifer. And they had a little one in the, uh, in the nursery. Uh, so make sure that make sure that when people are coming in, that we're actually meeting them and uh, greeting them. Uh, don't assume that you should know them. If you don't, then just be honest. Hey, I don't know you. And the worst that can happen is they say, "Well, I've been coming for the last seven weeks. What you been doing?" And uh, you know, that's the worst that can happen, right? So, all right, I'll stop. Brother Chuck does not have a microphone, so I'll go ahead and pray for you. So, Father, we just bring the offering today before you. Pray that you would bless. Bless it, help us to use it wisely for your glory, for your honor. May it meet the needs of our ministry here. 
we thank you for the Granadas and for the opportunity Miss Becky has to come home and get reacquainted with her family from all over the globe and pray that you would just give everyone traveling mercies and bring them uh, together in, in a time just to be able to enjoy one another. And we ask that your hand of blessing would be upon this service and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. As we take up the offering, we're going to be singing, God has spoken. Do you have any birthdays or anniversaries this last week? Yep. Anniversary. How many years, Robert? 32. 32. Wow. 32 years. When was your anniversary? July 27th. July 27th. Congratulations. 32 years. Mac? 32 years for us. 32 years for you guys? What day? July 26th. Oh, they got you beat. July 26th, all right. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries? Luke, when was your birthday? July 27th. And how old are you? 16. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Three years. Amen. Anyone else? Miss Chantel. Um, it was, I had birthday. It was Monday. Monday? And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 28. 28 years. Amen. 
I heard a here. Miss Carol? Oh, Bruce, birthday? Yeah, today. Today, happy birthday to you. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 49 years. 49 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Birthdays or anniversaries? All right, 32 years. So you guys get to go last because you've been married the longest by a day. <laughs> What's the secret to 32 years of marital bliss? Um, I love the surprise that you never know what the day after another what he's going to do. And the day and nights are really important. Surprises and date nights. You get that, guys? Surprises and date nights. What? And communication. Amen. Robert? <laughs> you know, one, you know, trust in the Lord. Yep. Really, you know, trust in the Lord. For His guidance. And, um, know Him. Really know Him. You know what you're thinking. You know, just, um, that's important. Pay attention. So, get to know them. In fact, that's a biblical concept, right? It says, husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. We're supposed to get to know them, right? Amen. Amen. Been a blessing. All right. The old timers over here. 32 years and an extra day. What's the secret? Uh, surround yourself with godly couples like Chuck and Brenda Mauer. Oh. So all you have to do is get a Chuck and Brenda Mauer to hang out with and you can be married for 32 years. There you go. Mac? Patience and love. Patience and love. Amen. Let's sing happy birth birthday to all these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Come on up, Mr. John. I'm going to say this though while you're coming because I'm not going to come up a third time. Grant is going to get to preach finally. He uh, he got missed out on his Sunday night because you know Weiner had to go home and get. His- throat lanced open or whatever. But anyway, he's back with us and we get to hear him preach and I was looking forward to it. So, Please stand with me for Abel. As we read Joshua chapter 6 verses 20 through 27. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass with the edge of the sword. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in, and they brought out Rahab and her father, and her mother, and her brethren, and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred, and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire, and all that was therein. Only the silver, and the gold, and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. 
He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and his, in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word this evening. You may be seated. This next song I just learned a few years ago, but it's become quickly one of my favorites. It talks about the word of God and survival.
that final chorus a cappella? Mike, can we do that? Uh, we're going to sing that final chorus a cappella.
John and Charity's beautiful song. Wow, just for me. Um, good evening, church. If I can get my iPad to open. Um, first of all, thank you, Pastor John and the rest of the pastoral staff for giving me the opportunity. I love the opportunity to, um, any opportunity I get to preach God's word. Um, obviously, I feel the Lord has called me to ministry, so this is something that I'm able to um, exercise that calling. So thank you so much for the opportunity. This evening, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to be reading the first 11 verses. The title of my message this evening is, Do You Want to Grow? So, what is the first thing that comes to mind, maybe for you, when you think of the word grow? Um, some people think of a plant, like a house plant or something like that. I know my sister, I think this is hilarious, like, we would never have house plants in our house because... I just, our family would never be able to maintain that, like, ever. Um, but my sister has, like, a little cactus. And those aren't even, like, really that hard to maintain, I'm pretty sure. And it's not even a real cactus. Like, that's how bad we are. It's still fake. Um, but so maybe you think of a plant, or maybe you think of, um, like, a baby um, growing and getting older. So this, the, when I was supposed to preach was the ninth. That was actually on my birthday, but all that stuff happened. Pastor John called me a wimp. I guess I'm a wimp for having a swollen tonsil. But... So I had to go back home, and um, but so that was my birthday, and the girl that I'm talking to, Vanna, which Pastor John mentioned, and yes, I, I could, so I think your parents are watching too, so this is awesome, perfect opportunity. No, um, so basically I say talking to, because we're not technically boyfriend and girlfriend yet, it's getting there, like basically I just, I want to go talk to her dad, so there's your shout out, Mr. Tally. Um, but um, 
So I want to go talk to him at the end of the summer. And But anyway, so she sent me a birthday present, like a package. And uh, if you know Vanna, she is, she's amazing. But she's just, she can be really, really random and, and whatever for no reason. So she sent, yeah, I hit this up here. None of y'all saw this. So she sent this baby, <laughs> this baby doll in this box. Now, and you're asking, okay, what's like the meaning behind this or what's the joke? I don't know either. She literally just was, she was walking through the store and she said that she saw it and she thought it'd be funny to put in there. So that's the, that's the kind of girl she is. But, so maybe you think of growing in the sense of, you know, a baby, you have a, you have your baby. I know there's a couple like Beckham and Peyton, like they're, they just turned one, I think. Um, and so they're growing. They can grow at different rates, but they eventually are going to get to a point where they'll be, you know, decently the same, hopefully, in maturity at the same age, but, you know, in size, that you know, whatever you have. Obviously, you wouldn't want to have, well, some of you might, but a little baby for the rest of you. You wouldn't want to be this for the rest of your life. And that's kind of what we can see in, um, as Christians. We don't want to stay a baby and what we are as Christians. Otherwise, we're not getting the meat of what God has for us. So I'm going to read um, Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto you us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of, of his will and all wisdom and, under, and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God." Strengthened with all of his might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. So I knew I know that was a little bit of a stretch of the passage, but I love that because those first eleven verses throw out a lot of different things that we can see that can help us grow as Christians. The church at Colossae, um, they are very relatable to me. So whenever I read this passage, <clears throat> sometimes as a Christian I can get caught up thinking, as long as I'm showing these things, these Christian attributes, I I'm living the Christian life. But what Paul goes on to later challenge them in the book and later on in this chapter, he's basically saying, Are you, don't just walk that way, but be that way. But we're focusing mainly on these things that their strengths were in. Paul's commending them here for all these different things and things that we need to have in order to grow as believers. So God wants us to grow. How do we grow? Um, the first thing I want to look at is we must display biblical virtues in order to grow. Biblical virtues. So verses 3 through 6, it gives you, the, it gives you three of the, of the you hear these words, and they, you know, they're always like words that, you get, that get preached on a lot. It feels like they're words that we know as Christians. So let's go ahead and read that. So we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith, so there's the first one, in Christ Jesus, and of the love, there's the second one, which ye have to all saints, and for the hope, there's the third one, which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So, I'm just going to read verse 5. But, so the first thing we see here is, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul is saying, we've heard of the faith this church has in Christ Jesus. So what is faith? This, honestly, is probably the number one 
Well, it could be the number one word when you think of Christianity or what we believe in, because a lot of people call it what? They call it our faith, right? Um, it's what we believe in. We believe in Jesus. We believe in Christ. So what, what, what is faith? What makes it so important? A definition I heard, I didn't come up with this on my own. I can't remember. It was someone, I think it was my pastor at my church. He, he just has three simple words. It's belief in action. Faith is putting your belief in action. So a perfect illustration of this is since I was little, I've loved swimming. Like swimming is like one of my favorite things ever. I loved going swimming. I remember, I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I know I was young. My mom told me this story. She said, I used to have to swim with the floaties on. Obviously, she didn't want me to drown. Um, so I'm swimming, and I would always want to take them off after a while. I just want to take them off. And I'm still, uh, I think, like two at this point or something like that. And she's like, at that point, getting fed up with me. So she's like, all right, you know what? She rips off the floaties and just tosses me in the pool. And you're like, wow, what a great mom. No, but she tosses me in the pool, and I started just swimming. I loved it. I already knew what I was doing. But she didn't have the floaties taken off yet, but I started swimming. I love it. It's my favorite thing ever. So she was obviously upset. She was like, you know what, whatever, you can swim. And then I remember my older brother, like, you know, he's like slowly taking off his floaties because he didn't do it before me. But anyway, when you're little and you're learning how to swim, something that a lot of dads will do, you know, they're in the pool and they're going to say, you know, son, jump to me. I need you Can you come up to the edge of the pool and I need you to jump. Now, I'm not going to jump here. Um, that would be quite detrimental, I feel like, if I didn't stick that. But so you go to the edge of the pool, you're, you know, as a kid, you're like, I know it's my dad. I have the faith that my dad's going to catch me, right? Because it's your dad. He loves you. You've already, that's already been proven. He would never let you drown. And you know that for a fact. But in your little kid mind, you still just can't quite make the jump. You know, you're justifying that. Okay, here we go. Um, it's my dad. You know, he's going to catch me. You know, three, three, two, one, they count you down. Okay, now, no, start, start from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, start from 30. Like, you're just going to keep going and going and going. You're never going to make that jump, even though you know your dad's going to catch you. But faith is putting that belief that you know your dad's going to catch you into action, actually performing the jump, allowing him to receive you in the pool. So that faith that we ought to have, that belief in action, it's mentioned so much in the Scripture. I mean, look back at where it's mentioned right here. It says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. That's an absolute core part of what we believe, that faith. In Christ Jesus, that trust, that putting that belief into action by asking for him to come into our hearts and save us, and then living a life full of following after Christ. That's that belief that we have that he is a God that loves us and that cares for us and that saved us, and putting that into action. Um, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If faith is what holds our belief in Christ Jesus then it's a core virtue that we must have in order to, of course, grow. And if you're not already saved, that's the first step to grow as a Christian is becoming one. Um, another verse is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Um, every time I think about that, I think of, like, in my room when I was little, I lived in, like, the bonus room upstairs, big room, me and my brother. We loved Legos, but we never picked them up. So, and there's no light next to the bed, so you've got to get somewhere. And so you're walking through that room, and many of you know the pain of stepping on a Lego, and whether it's, you know, right there on the, your toe, like the base of your toe, or right on your heel, it doesn't matter where, it hurts, you know, it doesn't matter where, but it's going to hurt, so I think about that whenever I think of not by sight, but you're walking by faith, and not by that sight, so the first thing we saw is faith, the faith in Christ Jesus, we see next, another core virtue in how to grow as a Christian is love, it says, and the love which ye have to all the saints, so when it's mentioned in this passage, it says the love which ye have to all the saints, so the saints are um, pretty much 
just another way of saying that those who are of like faith are those that are living, you know, um, for Christ rather than the world. So if we see that in this scripture, does that mean that we should only love other Christians or other believers? Obviously not. We see so many times in other scripture, like this right here, John 14, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Um, it's Love is meant for every single person. It's not just for a Christian, not just for your fellow Christians. It's meant for everyone. That's how, honestly, that's a lot of the reason why we can evangelize and show people Christ's love through us. Otherwise, if we're not loving them, who they care? They're not going to come and listen. They don't, wanna, they don't want that if you don't show that love first. That's what makes us different, is that love that we can show. So, um, I was actually just talking about this today. I can't remember with who, but um, I have three siblings. Uh, oh, it was with the Smiths. Um, at, we went to lunch. I have three siblings. I have an older brother, a younger sister, and a younger brother. So I'm the second oldest. And so I'm not the oldest. So my brother, you know, the oldest baby gets all the good stuff right off the bat. I get to hand me down. So I'm not the oldest. So obviously I'm not loved as much as him. So then, I, then there's me. And then there's my sister, the only other middle child. So she's the only girl. So of course she gets the love, right? Like, I, that makes sense. And I'm not the youngest, which is Levi, my little brother. He's the youngest, he's the baby of the family. So I'm not the youngest, I'm not the oldest, I'm not the only girl. There's me. So obviously parents love certain kids more than others. No, I'm just kidding. Like, if you do, then, you know, okay, that's a little bit of an issue. You should love your kids equally. Um, but, and my parents love me, don't think that I, that's not, that's true. I just make that joke all the time. But you ought to love others, you know. As a parent, you say all the time, like, who's your favorite? Like, Dad, who's, my, who's your favorite? And they're like, I love you all the same. Um, and that's what they always say. We ought to love everyone the same. Show that same love. Even if it's someone that maybe did you wrong at some point or you despise or whatever, like you shouldn't be that way. As a Christian, you ought to show that love. That's going to help you grow and further that, um, showing that virtue. Um, as Christians, we must be full of this because God assigns, God himself assigns paramount importance to this, to love, the virtue of love. I'm a guy for tier lists. I love tier lists. Um, if you know what that, if you know what that means, it's pretty much like, out of all the Disney princess movies, which one's the best? Now, there's a simple answer, and it's Tangled, and if you're saying anything else, you're wrong. Um, she's the best Disney princess, Rapunzel. Um, but I love tier lists, putting stuff in order of what is the best to worst or whatever. So when I think of these virtues, the first thing that came to my mind was like, what is the greatest virtue? Is it, is it faith? Is it hope? Is it love? Well, God already kind of gave us that answer in simple, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide of faith, hope, and charity. So there's those three. Uh, charity is love. But the greatest of these is charity. So, boom, right there. Love is the greatest. How can you argue with Scripture? It lines it out perfectly right there. Love is the greatest, so show it. That is how we grow as a Christian. And once again, this is another key um, virtue that we have seen personally, and I know you have, because it says right here in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that love allows us to have our faith in the first place. God loved us first, sent his son, so we could love him back and so we could be saved. So we've seen faith and we've seen love. Let's look finally at hope. It says in verse number five, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. We hear faith and love all the time. Like there's sermons on faith and there's sermons on love. And there's not really too many sermons on hope, I feel like, we hear faith and love a ton, ton, like, you know, faith, love, faith, love. But hope is really just as important. What is hope? Um, 
the first thing, what's like the first thing that you think of whenever uh, I mention the word hope? I know that one of the things that comes to my mind immediately, I don't know why every time I think of hope, is Star Wars, A New Hope, you know, like the, whatever. It's just that, that word that comes to mind, it's something that's popular with that word. You know, maybe for one of you teenagers, it's one of the girls that broke your heart named Hope. Um, whatever it comes to, that word hope, what do you think of? Well, what is hope defined as? It's defined as a confident expectation or desire for something good to happen in the future. So we hear at the beginning of like every year, I hope I can lose weight. I hope I can work hard to reach my goals. I hope my, my boys win the Super Bowl this year. I hope, you know, during March Madness, I hope my team makes it all the way. I hope, you know, at PCC, I know a couple of you guys are getting there and, and uh, us and other interns are already there. I hope my class get canceled, gets canceled. That's like the number one hope of the entire, like every morning you wake up, you're like, please send me an email that I don't have to go. Um, so we have those hopes. I know one of the biggest moments in my life of hope. I was like, this, is, this was everything to me. So in high school, I used to, um, I played football. That was my favorite sport. I played football, basketball, and baseball, but I was by far the best at football. The other ones were, it was okay. Um, football, I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. But pretty much every Friday night for August, September, October, sometimes November, if we were good enough to go to playoffs, we're playing a game. Uh, Friday night lights. I loved it to death. I wouldn't trade it for anything, and I would love to go back and just play one more. But... Every Friday night we played that game pretty much, and you'd be worn out. So I was a lineman, if you couldn't tell. I was a lineman, and I loved playing that. But it, I'm in the trenches. I'm hitting people constantly. I'm either blocking or trying to get through people. It's tiring. You're, you know, it's a long game, and you're constantly making that contact. So I play a whole Friday night game of that. Go home, and like sometimes like just like I just need to lay on the floor for a second, like and then I'll take a shower, and then I'll get in bed. But then you like fall asleep on the floor. You know the real the athletes understand that one. Or like you get out of the shower, and you like just sit on your bed, and then you fall asleep, and you just like have a towel on, and you wake up, and it's like three o'clock in the morning or whatever. But I was always so worn out. Saturday mornings I would wake up, and like you just barely move, and it's like body aches everywhere, all over your body. But another part of this was I had a job. I cut grass, and I was in school. So the only time I could cut grass was on the weekends. And everyone knows that you don't want to cut later in the day. You need to cut, get up early and get it done because that's when it's cool. It's not as hot. And being in Georgia, it gets hot. So I knew I had to cut grass, but sometimes I didn't. It depended if, like, the schedule lined up. We had, like, seven, maybe eight yards, me and my older brother. So I'm worn out. I'm, I just don't want to get up. I'm in the basement, and I can, our lawnmower is in the opposite side of the basement. So in the morning when I wake up, I know if that lawnmower turns on that I'm going to have to go cut grass. If it doesn't turn on, then I'm good. So I just, I wake up, and every morning I seem, every Saturday morning it seemed like my prayer life just grew. I was like, Lord, please, please let Skylar not start that lawnmower. Please do not start the lawnmower. I don't want to, I do not want to get up. And then it like almost never failed, you know, and I was like, no, please, I don't want to go. But I still had to go. So I hope that I wouldn't have to go do that because it's tiring. That's the kind of things that we can have hope for. But an easier definition, something that I can explain what hope is, it's really simple. The gospel message is our hope, and that's what we ought to give to other people. That is other people's hope. Before we were saved, we had the ability to see that hope in Jesus Christ in all of eternity to live with him and spend that time with him. That was our hope. We don't have to spend our lives having nothing to look forward to, a miserable life here on earth in a tainted world. But we have that hope in Christ Jesus, and we're able to spread that hope to other people. 
1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God of our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by which the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we can have that wonderful hope due to his resurrection in Christ Jesus, and we can live with him for all of eternity. So if you think that hope's not as important as faith and love, I would think again, praise the Lord for the hope that he gives us. So we see the first aspect of being able to grow as a Christian is displaying those biblical virtues. Finally, we're going to look at desiring a fullness of God's knowledge is key in order to grow. So reading verses 9 through 11, we see, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. So we must desire a fullness of God's knowledge. And why? The first thing we see, so you may walk worthy of the Lord. We see that in verse, 11, in verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. So what is walking worthy of the Lord? This is a New Testament concept, which is pretty much saying we, ought, we want to walk worthy, which means we want to walk parallel with the life that, that Jesus has laid out for us. We want to walk just the same way that Jesus is walking. Uh, right beside him. That's walking worthy of the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 4.1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where, wherewith you're called. So I love this because you might be thinking, so is walking worthy, I have to be a pastor or I have to be in ministry to walk worthy of the Lord. Is that my parallel? Because Jesus was in ministry for you know, 33 years. Um, and God, obviously, that's what we're here is we're preaching his word. So is that, the, is that walking parallel with Jesus as being in ministry? Um, not really. Obviously, we're always in ministry, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean you have to be a pastor or a youth pastor or a pastor's wife or whatever. Because think about it, if we were all pastors or youth pastors or pastor's wives for the ladies, who are we preaching to? Like, we're preaching to no one. We're called to our vocations in themselves, but it doesn't mean we don't have that ministry. It doesn't mean we can't walk worthy of the Lord. It says right there, walk, Paul says, worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Any vocation is able to be walked worthy for the Lord. So continue to do that. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. This is another verse speaking on the importance of walking worthy. Um, we ought to be striving to be like Christ in every way, like I said, in any location as well, so that even when nobody's paying attention we're still striving and stepping closer and walking parallel with Jesus. And that's, you know, there's many things that we can do in order to keep growing in that way, which we'll get into. So we see that we must desire a fullness of God's knowledge by, uh, so we can walk worthy, but also so you may bear fruit in service. Bearing spiritual fruit, we see this a ton in Scripture. It's a very, I mean, it's a scriptural concept. And honestly, it's a really, really good illustration. If you, haven't, if you couldn't tell already, I love stories and illustrations. I think they drive points home especially illustrations that helps you understand, grab onto something. So bearing fruit. Um, fruit in Scripture and what it's talking about is important because that is an outward appearance to other people of what is inwardly happening um, with you and God. That's your, what you're bearing. The fruit is showing to other Christians and other non-believers. So we ought to strive every single day to bear that fruit, to show. It, it, we need to look different. You know, people say all the time, an unsafe person ought to be like, What's different about that guy? What, what, what's, what does he have that I don't have, right? That's what we ought to be like. As a Christian, we ought to be that light and bear that fruit in service. 
Um, when I was in elementary school, um, I might have been like middle school or something like that, uh, I would have, I remember I had an apple at lunch one day, and um, apples are really good. I, I'm sorry, side note, I love apples. But anyway, so I'm eating the apple, and when you get to the core, unless you're a psychopath, you don't eat the core, right? You, you, you keep the core and the seeds that are in the core. And um, those seeds, you, t- you take those out, and you can, you, in theory, in theory, that's the word, in theory, you could grow an apple tree. Now, as a, however old I was, boy, my mind was like, dude, I love apples, so let's go make an apple tree in my backyard. And so I take those seeds, and I get home, and I live in Georgia, like, the, the ground is, like, solid, because Georgia clay, I mean, like, you go any far, like, you go far, and there's, like, nothing, there's not good soil, whatever, but I didn't know that how it, that's how it worked as that, at that age. I just go to my backyard, I dig a hole, I put those seeds in there, and I cover it back up, and I'm like, when I'm in high school, I'm going to have an apple tree, and I'm going to be able to go out here, grab an apple, eat the apple, you know, whenever I want, because I planted it, like, it's going to be awesome, so... If you hadn't figured out, right, there's no apple tree. There never was an apple tree. It never was going to happen because I didn't cultivate the soil right. I didn't make preparations. I didn't give it the right conditions to grow. So me, compared to an experienced, you know, apple farmer has an orchard, he knows how to grow those trees. He knows how to plant those um, trees and help them grow. That's, that's part of it. So bearing that fruit, he worked hard to cultivate that soil and to make the proper conditions for that fruit to be born in that season. So something that we ought to be striving for is bearing fruit in service. Another thing that we must desire fullness of God's knowledge is so that we can increase in that knowledge. So um, let's see here. In verse number, uh, at the end of verse number 10, it says increasing in the knowledge of God. So you think this would be a no-brainer, but shocker, in order to grow as a Christian, you have to increase in knowledge, right? Growing cannot... You know, you can't grow if you're not increasing in that knowledge. Something that I think about is in the gym, right? You think, you think the guys in the gym are just like a bunch of meatheads, and they're like just in there like, yeah, iron, whoa, like Hunter Dean or something like that. But in reality, in order to get to that point, you really do have to have a head knowledge of a lot of stuff. You know, like what, how much protein are you intaking? What, are you watching um, the proper, are you doing the proper training? Are you watching for hypertrophy? All these different things that you're trying to work for, you have to have a head knowledge in order for it to really come out. Of course, if you're throwing around weight a bunch, and eventually, yes, you're going to get somewhere, but it helps a lot more when you have that head knowledge and you're growing and you're researching and you know what you're doing in the gym. Another thing I've absolutely enjoyed with all of my heart these past couple weeks, um, my car had, like, I thought it had, like, one or two issues. (laughs) So, like, I was like, yeah. Drew's like, I met someone uh, in the church that can help you with this. And I was like, okay, sure, I can see you get checked out. And so I go over to um, Matt Gilkerson's house, which Matt is an awesome guy. You guys should, get, if you don't know him, go shake his hand and talk to him. But we go to his, we go to his dad's house, and he throws us he throws the car up on the lift, and he he has the head knowledge. Um, I know uh, I know a, quite a bit of mechanics. My papa is owns a car lot, but I've never met someone that knows as much as Matt. So he's like underneath my car. He's like. Yeah, so this is this is messed up and this is messed up. You're missing this like this cap. Your hub bearing's loose. Your axle's coming off. Uh, like he's just like all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, what in the world? And so he's like going through saying all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're gonna get this fixed. And it was a joy, of course, getting that fixed and going through that. He's taught me a lot, so I love increasing in that knowledge the same way that we ought to love increasing in the knowledge with Jesus. So 
what are some ways that we can increase in knowledge? What are some things that we can do as Christians? Well, if you remember Pastor John's message this morning, what was he talking about? This entire morning he was talking about the Word, the Bible, increasing in your time in God's Word. It's simple. And I'm going to use the verse that he, that he went over. Psalm 119, 97 through 98 says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through my, thy commandments hast made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Your Bible is a key to growing in that knowledge and ultimately growing as a Christian. That verse right there speaks volumes on it. I mean, he's saying, I love thy law. It's my meditation all the day. That's what we ought to be like. So reading God's word, obeying God in every aspect is another way of increasing knowledge. First John 2, 3 through 5. And hereby we do know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he that saith, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. So obeying God, having a greater love for others. Philippians 1, 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. These are so many areas that we can see that we can increase and that knowledge, we can increase and in growing as a Christian. The list goes on and on. Those are just a couple of examples, but you can find so many throughout all of Scripture. So we see those are ways that we must desire fullness of God's knowledge. And finally, we see so you may be strengthened with his might. Uh, at the very end, at verse 11, it says, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience, longsuffering with joyfulness. So God will strengthen us. This is what he promises. He said he's going to strengthen us with all of his might. That is a lot of might. You know, it's he's God, right? So he promises that he's going to strengthen us, strengthen us with all of his might. Um, God is an all-powerful God. Otherwise, he wouldn't be our God. And that is a promise that he makes. Um, why is he giving us this, us this might, though? Why is he promising this to us? Well, the verse states it's because it will be unto patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So people, whenever I was looking at this first, like, I was like, what is even the difference really between patience and long-suffering? They're essentially like one and the same. People will say them. But what I found is patience, honestly, is, is about how you handle a situation, a situation better. But with long-suffering usually has to do, deal with people. Um, you're, you know, you're able to deal with them for, you're able to suffer with them for a lot, suffer through dealing with them for a longer time. That's kind of how I think about it. Like, um, Pastor John, great guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Pastor John, I love Pastor John, and there's some stuff that was like he says or whatever, and I know he says it out of love because I grew up that way, but like sometimes other people, I guarantee you, they're not taking it the same way. Like he might not necessarily mean it. Like he says a quick quip or whatever, and they're just kind of like, man, that kind of hurt. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, but in reality, he's doing it out of the love. He cares about you. So sometimes you have to deal with people like that, um, and, you know, you just got to do it. But so that patience and that long-suffering, but we're able to have those and endure that, but not only just endure it, but he says with joyfulness. So God promises not only will we grow because of this and enduring other people and our circumstances, but enduring them with joy. I know that, um, you know, James talked about counting it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, that those moments come, but you can still find joyfulness in the things that otherwise you'd just be enduring or getting through. Um, so with certain situations that you may have in your life with patience or long-suffering, and don't just endure it, but show that joy. And, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier whenever you go through something like that and look for the silver lining, as you would call it, in those things, to have it with joy. So we see all throughout these verses in Colossians that God wants you to grow. Are you like the church at Colossae, and are you only showing this growth in a couple of these areas, or in, are you showing them... Um, 
outwardly, but maybe not in your spiritual life. Well, God wants you to be able to grow in a way that he's outlined all throughout Scripture. He gives us so many different things that we can grab, that we can grow as Christians, what we see right here in the book of Colossians. So are you doing the best you can every single day to display these biblical virtues? Um, Every day you show faith in small things, like the pews that you're sitting in. I mean, sometimes people move and it sounds atrocious, like they're about to fall over. But, you know, it's part of that. It's like, whatever. You sit down in a chair, you're not thinking, I'm going to feel this, like put some pressure on it before I sit down, and so that it doesn't collapse on me. You have that faith that it's going to hold you up. But we can have faith so easily in something like that, but we can't have faith in a God that's more powerful than anything we could ever understand or know. And we still have that faith lacking in that area. Um, are you putting the amount of love and devotion and time into reading God's scripture and showing that love to other people as much as, you know, you are for maybe something that you have like a hobby or sports or a passion or for us in our age or maybe even older, video games, all these things that uh, you say that, you know, that you love and you put them on pedestals. You do everything to get to those games and to show those things, but you don't love God that much and you don't care that much. Maybe there's things in life that you hope for or things that maybe you've even lost hope for. Um, The reality is we can't hope in these worldly things because there's no hope in them at the end of the day. We're going to leave this earth the same way that we, were, that we came into it and with nothing. But we're able to have that hope with Christ Jesus that we can spend all eternity with him, continuing to grow, desiring a fullness, a total understanding of God's knowledge in your life. Are you walking worthy and trying to line up with God as best as you can? Or are you simply putting on that facade and just telling people that you are, or that telling people that you have the, a good spiritual life? Or are you really living it that way? Can other people see the fruit that you have borne in your life, that you've shown, that people, you can't really fake bearing fruit. Um, People can see it. That's the whole purpose of the fruit. That inward thing that's happening is showing outwardly. Are people seeing that? Are you bearing that fruit? Um, Or are you just claiming that you're working hard and that you're seeing no results? Um, Are you trying to increase in your knowledge of God and truly spending time in his word every single morning? Or are you simply just faking it and sending your accountability partner the verse of the day, right? That's something that is so simple and so easy to do. Um, you can just fake it that easily, but no one might know when you're in, you know, that you're on your own and that you are doing that, but you do, and God knows. So are you faking that? Are you truly living to grow and to have that knowledge um, and, to, and to grow as a Christian because of that ultimately? And finally, are you willing to be strengthened by his might so you can be patient, so you can help others, um, so that you don't have um, uh, that have to endure that instead of just doing it with joy. Um, We see through all these different things, God wants you to grow. um, But my question and challenge for you this evening is, do you want to grow? Are you putting these, are you putting the work in to see these in areas in your life um, increasing? Do you want to grow as a Christian? So that's all I have. I'm going to pray, and I assume uh, you all either dismiss or someone's going to come up here. So, dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to come up here and speak your word, Lord. I thank you for uh, what you laid on my heart. I know that every time I come up here and preach or any opportunity I get to preach, I'm preaching to myself just as much as I am to um, the audience, the um, church, Lord, as it's something that I need just as much. Lord, just continue to help me grow as a Christian and continue to um, grow and just want the, to serve you and give everything and walk worthy of you, Lord, and just uh, walk parallel with you. Um, I hope that you give these uh, people that the same desire, that same want to, Lord, to walk that way and to grow as a Christian, as that's what we're really here to do, Lord, is to share that gospel and to grow and to increase in that knowledge that you've given us uh, through your word, and we ought to pray to you as well. 
Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Like I said, Lord, thank you for uh, this internship as it's coming to a close. Uh, help us to finish out strong and also to enjoy the last little bits here. Thank you for this church family and the blessing that they've been to me and the other guys and as well as to each other. Oh, Lord, help us have a good rest of the night. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand together, and uh, I'll encourage you to respond to the message this way. Are you ready to grow? Are you willing to grow in the areas of <clears throat> love and hope and all of the things that Grant lined up are walking worthy and letting the fruits of the Spirit show out? Uh, if so, the Lord's spoken to your heart. Let's step out and do this. What are we going to sing? 458, draw me near. 458, draw me near. And If you'd have a seat for just a moment while we, uh, let's talk about uh, Pastor Andrew's uh, income. Uh, and I'll remind you to be praying about David, uh, David Klingerman, bringing him on as an acting youth director. Uh, you know, not, he wouldn't be joining pastoral staff, but as acting youth director. He's got, he's called to missions, and that's what he's heading to do. So we'll let the Lord continue to guide him. Wouldn't that be nice if we let the Lord to do that? That's, that's nice of us to do. Uh, but we would like to... Uh, suggest to you that we just continue paying Pastor Andrew through uh, the end of the, m the month of August. Uh, next week we won't be able to be to meet and he's leaving and so we're just here. So, Anybody have, like to make a motion? Brian, make that motion, seconded by Ray. Thank you. So, uh, questions. What do you guys have questions for us? Andy? Don't know, quite honestly. Uh, I'm just being honest. I'm going to assume that he's going to start as soon as he gets there. Uh, so he's probably not going to go without a paycheck, with or without whatever we do, you know. So we're we're kind of doing this as, you know, just a way of honoring him as well as making sure that there aren't any gaps, because I don't know, to be honest, what his gaps are. Matt? <clears throat> Next Sunday is his official last day of of teaching and everything, and they're, they're planning on getting the kids started in school I believe they're going to go up on Monday and they start that next week, so uh, they're going to be settling in there somehow. That doesn't mean he won't be coming back and forth. He hasn't sold his house here yet, so he's got business to come back to, so we'll see him from time to time, but probably unlikely on Sundays or Wednesdays. So we might see him from time to time. Ms. Nancy? Through August. So we have that motion. We have a second already. Thank you, Brother Ray. Appreciate that. Any other questions? Oh, yes, Miss Nina. As far you know, I I don't know when he's actually moving his stuff because he hasn't sold the house yet. So I'm going to say yes. So does he need help? I don't know. Uh, his his parents rented a cabin months ago in Michigan, and that's where he's at today. Uh, on their vacation, which they had already scheduled long before all of this. And he deserves it, so let him take his vacation. But uh, that was something his parents just did for the whole family. They're all gathering up there. 
So I can't ask him these questions, or I could, but I'm not going to bother him. <laughs> Thursday the 10th is when he's planning on doing the trucks. He'll be flip-flopping back and forth. He's a he's crazy when it comes to driving. He's one of those guys that drives overnight, you know, nine hours, whatever. So, all those in favor, let me know. Raise your hand. And oppose, same sign. I see no oppositions, and everything carries. So, you want to go home? Yeah. Let's stand up and let you. Teenagers, you're going to my house. We're going to eat sandwiches. Then we'll, uh, whatever time we have left, we'll go outside and play some sand volleyball or something like that. But we're going to start with the food so we don't run out of time there. Uh, parents, be back here probably about 9 o'clock-ish to pick up your teenagers, and that'll be a help to all of us. All right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. You are dismissed. God bless.